E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to another Philly Sports Power Hour with your boy, Bill Calarulo, on this wonderful football Friday. Can't forget about our Phillies either. It's going to be a great weekend, hopefully, for Philadelphia sports fans. This is really the best time of the year. I used to, when I was a kid, I'm sure you guys too, used to love the summer. You'd get out of school. You'd be off all summer playing with your friends. But now that we don't get off in the summer anyway, the fall has to be the best time of the year. You got, hopefully, October baseball, and you have our Philadelphia Eagles coming out to a 4-0 and start. So today, I want to focus really heavy on the Philadelphia Eagles Week 5 matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. Talk about the offense, talk about the defense, who has the different advantages. I see all you guys in the chat. I appreciate all of you. Some of you are saying, when did this show start? Who's this guy? We rolled it out on Tuesday. It was the first Philly Sports Power Hour, and we are going to be coming to you every single day at 10 o'clock for an hour talking all things Philadelphia sports. But my go-to, what I love the most, is our Philadelphia Eagles. So it'll obviously be very heavy on the Philadelphia Eagles. I also host the Legal Hands to the Face show, which is all Philadelphia Eagles talk. That's usually every Monday night right here on the Jacob Sports Network. So guys, hit that like button, hit that share button. The more Philadelphia sports fans we can reach, the better. And I want you guys to engage so that we can talk. And I see heinous the anus. The Bears choked out the commanders last night. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that before we get into our Philadelphia Eagles. I look at everything through the lens of a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And I'm sure you guys do too. And how did that make you feel? Watching the Chicago Bears, the winless Chicago Bears, absolutely dominate the Washington Commanders team that our Eagles just struggled with going to overtime. The Bears put up 451 yards of total offense against that Commanders team. How does that make you guys feel after watching our Philadelphia Eagles struggle a little bit? Now, let me talk you guys down a little bit because you always have to remember in the NFL, it's a game of matchups. It is a week-to-week league. You've heard the cliche. But didn't make me feel really good going to bed last night thinking, man, that winless Bears team dominated the Commanders. But the Commanders looked like a different team. They were obviously up for that Eagles game. They looked flat. In fact, minority owner Magic Johnson came out, had some harsh things to say on Twitter about his Commanders team. So we will see. Miss Chris6375 had DJ Moore on the fantasy team. You're probably going to win this week. (laughs) Probably going to win this week. I think in my league, he had 68 points, DJ Moore. So if you have him in fantasy, good for you. I see you, Chwiz. Good to see you. Timothy Walker, Brian Johnson's play calling is affecting the game. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we get into the offense. Eric R., one would say the Bears were able to do that after what we did to the Commanders. Very true. Very true. Our Philadelphia Eagles offense played pretty well against the Commanders, obviously put up a lot of yards. We saw the best game of Jalen Hurts' season, so that's also a possibility as well. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's a week-to-week league, and 
with all that being said, the Philadelphia Eagles have a big opportunity this week to go 5-0 and against this Los Angeles Rams team. I do think this is going to be the toughest matchup that the Philadelphia Eagles have had in this young season. It's not going to be easy going cross-country to L.A. to play this Rams team who isn't playing bad. They're 2-2. Two and two. Their offense is putting up a lot of yards. Their rookie, Puka Nakua, doing some unbelievable things that's never been done before in the NFL. And somehow, somehow, their defense is playing well when looking at the stats, but I am not sold on that Rams defense. So we're going to get into all of it, but I see all you guys in the chat. Hit me up. Let me know any questions you have. I want to hear your opinions on this game. Philadelphia Eagles offense, who has the advantage? Eagles defense, who has the advantage? The guy I went against in fantasy has fields and more. It's safe to say my 4-0 streak is coming to an end. Eric R., you may be right, man. I don't think you're going to be able to win this week. It's going to be a tough one if you're going up against Fields and Moore, but that poor guy hasn't done much probably until this week. But let's let's jump right in. Let's first talk about the matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles offense and Los Angeles Rams defense. And at the end of the show, I want to give you guys my prediction, so stick around and comment your guys' predictions for this week as well. But Eagles are, I believe the last I saw the line, they were a four-point favorite. And the over is, a, is 49 points. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But Eagles are favored by four on the road, which is kind of telling here. But let's take a look at this Eagles offense versus the Rams defense. And I am shocked when looking at the chat. I am shocked at what this Rams defense is able to do statistically. Because if you look at their stats, they're in the top 10 in the league, this Rams defense. They're only giving up 296 yards per game, which is ninth best in the NFL. They're only giving up 185 yards per game in the air. They are seventh in the league as having the top seven pass defense in the league, and I don't know how they're doing it. They do have a good defensive coordinator. Raheem Morris, really good defensive coordinator. They run that 3-4 base defense, and Morris has these guys at least statistically playing well. But you look at the players on that team, and I'll ask you guys in the chat. Outside of Aaron Donald, how many Rams defensive players can you name? There's not a lot of stars on that defense. We know how good Aaron Donald is, but there are not a lot of stars on that defense. And you look at how they've been playing this year, and I don't think individually anyone is playing that great with the exception of Aaron Donald and linebacker Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones has been very good in the run game. Pass coverage is a little bit to be desired. But you look up and down this defense. I mean, I'm going to name some of these players. Cornerbacks, Devion Kendrick, Akilo Witherspoon, Kobe Dorant. Like, these guys have not been playing very well. Kobe Dorant really bad in pass coverage. So I don't understand how they're holding teams to 185 yards per game. And it's not even as if they're putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They're 26th in the NFL in sacks. They're 16th in the league in 5.1 yards per play. 
And their running game, they're only giving up 111 yards per game, which puts them in the top half of the league. So you look at all these statistics, and this Rams defense is playing really well on the surface. And I wanted to look into this. like, How are they doing this? How are they putting up the stats that they are putting up? And one of the things I think is promising for this Philadelphia Eagles offense, and we'll talk about this Eagles offense in a second because I think they're going to have a big game. But you just look at this Rams defense, and I agree with you, JM. It doesn't mean that they are bad just because you can't name players. But I'm just highlighting a point that none of these guys are even playing that great either. So you have guys who are not star players, and you don't have to have a bunch of star players to be good if everybody's playing well. But I don't think these guys are playing that well. I really don't think outside of Ernest Jones and Aaron Donald that they are playing that well. So I wanted to dive deeper to say, hey, Eric R., Asante Samuel Jr. is on the, on the Chargers. He's on the Chargers, not on, not on the Rams, thankfully. But uh, yeah, he had a big interception last week, Asante Samuel Jr. Looks just like him, too. Reminds me a lot of Asante Samuel. But you look at who this Rams defense has played, and I think this is why the stats may be a little bit skewed. Week one, they played the Seattle Seahawks, number 18 in the league in total offense. In fact, you look at their first four games, this Rams defense has not played more than one team that's in the top half of the NFL in offense. The only team that they've played that's in the top half of the league for offense is the San Francisco 49ers. And right on cue, we got Niners all damn day in our chat talking about the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm about to bring them up. So that's the only offense that this Rams defense has played that's in the top half of the league. And miraculously, and I think this skews their passing defense numbers, they held Brock Purdy to only 206 yards. Well, that's because the Niners put up over 160 yards on the ground against this Rams defense. But you look at the other offenses that this team has played. Seattle, 18th in the league in total offense. Indianapolis last week goes to overtime. 16th in the league in total offense. And then you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, who are not the Cincinnati Bengals we have seen before, are 300, excuse me, 32nd in the league in total offense. So I see JM saying the Colts are in the top half of the league in points. I'm talking about yards per game that I feel are skewing these stats. And the Colts are 16th in the league in total yards per game. Not points, total yards per game. So you look at these teams that they have played, and then you look at that pass defense, because that's the thing that has surprised me the most. The Rams are number seven in the league in passing yards against. And then you look at what some of these quarterbacks have done. Outside of Joe Burrow, no quarterback has thrown for more than 206 yards against this Rams defense. Purdy threw for 206. Anthony Richardson threw for 200. And they held Geno Smith in week one to 112 yards. So I do think when you look at this Philadelphia Eagles offense, that we are going to be able to throw the ball on this Rams defense. I think you're going to see Jalen Hurts have a big game in the air if he wants to. If the Philadelphia Eagles decide that that's how they want to win this game. Because I also think 
that this Philadelphia Eagles team will be able to run the football if that's how they choose to play their offense this week. And I really think it's going to depend on what the Rams sell out on trying to stop. We've talked about it before. Take what the defense gives you. Well, if you look at this Rams defense, if they're going to sell out to stop the run, Jalen Hurts is going to have a big game. But I think they're going to have a hard time stopping the run. And we know Philadelphia Eagles, number two in the NFL, averaging 165 yards on the ground per game. And they're averaging 4.7 yards a carry. Then you look over at this Rams defense, who has Aaron Donald, who has Ernest Jones at linebacker, who are playing well against the run. They're only giving up 111 yards, 14th in the league. But if you look a little bit deeper, this Rams defense is giving up 4.4 yards per carry, which drops them to 23rd in the league. And that is why if the Eagles want to run the football this week, I think they're going to be able to run the football. 4.4 yards per carry is not a good number. So although they're not giving up a lot of total yards on the ground, yards per carry has been a problem for this Rams defense. But there's a big question mark on this Philadelphia Eagles offense this week. We don't have our right guard. Cam Jurgens still in a walking boot. So we're going to have Sua Opeta, who played really well when he got his opportunity last week against the Washington Commanders. But a little bit different going up against Aaron Donald this week. So that's a big question mark. Can this Philadelphia Eagles offense continue to run the football as well as they've done it in the past with a new right guard replacing Cam Jurgens because Cam Jurgens has played well. And curious, you guys in the chat, how impressed have you been with Cam Jurgens being able to make the transition from center to right guard almost as seamlessly as he did this offseason? I was hopeful. If you follow me on Instagram, legal hands to the face, I was doing videos all summer about how I was hopeful that Cam Jurgens was going to be able to do this. He's athletic enough. He's strong enough. He knows how to play his leverage well, that he was going to be successful at that right guard. But you just don't know until he does it. And I thought he's done a really nice job there at right guard. But he's out this week. Sua Opeta, I agree with you. Wine, Niners, wine. Great name, too. Wine, Niners, wine. That Opeta did a lot better than you expected. He really did. He came in in that commander's game and made the most of his opportunity. And that's what I'm seeing that I'm really liking about this team. You've heard the old cliche, next man up. Happens a lot. But you look at some of the injuries this team has had, and we'll get to the defense in a second, and I see the question there about will Roby play. We're going to talk about the defense in the next segment. But as we're talking about the offense, players that have had to step up have stepped up. Alameda Zacchaeus. Really impressed me stepping in for Quez Watkins. And Quez may be healthy this week. And let me ask you guys in the chat. Quez looks like he's going to play. Who are you giving more snaps to at that wide receiver three? You putting Quez back in there or you rolling with OZ? What would you guys do? I want to hear in the chat. Would you go with Alameda Zacchaeus as your wide receiver three this week? Or are you going with Quez Watkins if he's healthy? I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. I think you got to stay with OZ. And I don't even think it's a question. I think this offensive staff needs to stay 
with OZ. And in the summertime, I was doing a lot of videos on this that I wanted them to bring in a wide receiver to compete with Quez Watkins for that third wide receiver position. And the reason why was what we've seen out of Quez Watkins over the last three years. And I see Wine Niners Wine saying, it's Quez for sure. We need his speed down the field to open up for the other two. Well, here's the problem with that. And this is why I had such a problem with Quez Watkins at the wide receiver three position. You look at what Quez did in 2020 as a rookie, only played six games, but he averaged 15.1 yards per reception. Pretty good. You look at him in 2021, he averaged 15 yards per reception. Really good. So now you got two years where Quez Watkins is averaging 15 yards a catch. So now he does do that, hopefully, whiners, wine, niners, wine, open it up for the other two. Well, you bring A.J. Brown in here, and you expect Quez Watkins' opportunities to drop off a little bit. Now you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. You don't expect Quez to get as many opportunities. He's not going to have as many catches. He's not going to have as many yards. But what bothered me so much last season is we saw his yards per catch drop from 15 yards per reception in the first two years all the way down to 10.7. That's a problem. If he's supposed to do what Wine Niners Wine is saying he's supposed to do, which is open up for the other two, keep those safeties honest back there, blow the lid off of the defense, 10.7 yards per reception is not going to cut it. And in addition to that, we saw too many missed opportunities from Quez Watkins. Not only the mistakes, missed opportunities, drops in big moments. And I don't have to remind you all of the biggest moment that I'm talking about. So you look at Alameda on the other side, and this is a guy who's averaged 14.4 yards per reception in his career. And he did it last year with some really up-and-down quarterback play in Atlanta. He had Marcus Mariota for a little bit, had Desmond Ritter, who I think is playing a little bit better this year, but was really up-and-down last year. So you look at Quez Watkins and Alameda Zacchaeus, and I don't even think it's close. And look what OZ has done in two games. Three catches, 69 yards, and he's averaging 23 yards per reception. That's what I want to see from our wide receiver three. I don't necessarily care how many catches he has or how many yards he has. It's the yards per catch. Make these defenses respect that wide receiver three so that it does do what Weiner's, Wine Niners Wine is saying, opening things up for the other two. And I see you guys in the chat talking about Dallas Goddard. And he's a guy we absolutely have to get going this week. It's been now four games where we have not seen Dallas Goddard involved in the passing game like he should be involved. And the problem is, some of it may be play design. Some of it may be play design by Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni with Quez, because I, or excuse me, with Dallas. Because I went back and looked at Dallas Goddard the last two seasons. And He's not necessarily that far off from his total receptions through four games like he was in 21 and 22. 
But it's, again, the yards per catch. They're not getting Goddard down the field. You look at Dallas Goddard in 2021 through four games, 13 catches. In 2022, 16 catches. So far this year, 13 catches. The catches aren't off, but look at his amount of yards. 188 yards in 2021, averaging 14.5 yards a catch. 240 yards last year through four games, averaging 15 yards a catch. Dallas Goddard, 88 yards this year, averaging only 6.77 yards per catch. That is a problem. So it's not necessarily they're not targeting Dallas Goddard enough. It's the play designs to Dallas Goddard. They're throwing the ball to him way too close to the line of scrimmage. They're running some of those bubble screens to him. Get him down the field. He is a mismatch for linebackers. He is a mismatch for safeties. He's a big body who's athletic, who can catch. Get the ball down the field to Dallas Goddard. And I think you're going to see that this week because everyone knows, and Sirianni's been asked about it by the media repeatedly, what's going on with Dallas? And he acknowledges they need to get him involved. And I've said to you guys before, and you know, Goddard's on my fantasy team, so they better get him damn involved because I need Dallas Goddard to start doing some things on my fantasy team. But more importantly, this offense, to really ramp it up a notch, needs to get Dallas Goddard going. But there's one area that I really want to see the Philadelphia Eagles improve tomorrow, or excuse me, on Sunday. And it's an area they should be able to improve against this Rams defense is the red zone. You look at this Rams defense, and as good as they have been in not allowing a bunch of yards, they are 26th in the NFL in the red zone, 70% is the red zone efficiency against this Rams defense. So when teams get inside the 20, they are scoring touchdowns 70% of the time. 26 in the league for this Rams team. And what area has this Eagles offense really struggled? Red zone. Only averaging 46% efficiency in the red zone, which puts them in the bottom half of the league. 24th in the NFL. So what breaks this week? you got a really bad red zone defense on the Rams, and you've had a pretty bad Eagles offense in the red zone. Eagles got to get it going this week. They have to fix the red zone. And if you've followed on the shows the last couple of days, I've been talking about how good teams are very good in the red zone and very good on third down on both offensive and defensive sides of the football. And we're going to talk about that Eagles defense because they've really struggled on third down and in the red zone. But this Eagles offense has been pretty good on third down. Haven't been great in the red zone, but they've been pretty good on third down. They're ninth in the NFL, converting 43.6% of the time. But I think this is how this Rams defense has been able to do what they're doing, is getting off the field on third down. Number two in the NFL on third down conversions from that defensive side of the ball. So that is going to be an important battle. Those two areas, it's really strength on strength and weakness on weakness. Eagles have been good on third down. Rams have been really good on third down defense. Eagles have been bad in the red zone on offense. The Rams have been bad in the red zone on defense. 
that may decide your football game on Sunday afternoon. Good teams score touchdowns in the red zone. Good teams hold opposing offenses to field goals in the red zone. So these are things that I think the Philadelphia Eagles really need to focus on this coming Sunday. Red zone conversion is important. And not only for this game, we got to get our red zone going. You can't be in the bottom third of the NFL from an offensive perspective in the red zone. So what do you guys think in the chat? Do you think this Eagles offense really gets it going this week against this Rams defense? Because we're going to talk about it in the next segment. We're going to need our Eagles offense. Eagles fans, we are going to need this Eagles offense to put up points because this Rams offense, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And it looks like they may be getting Cooper Cup back. Full participant in practice yesterday. So we're going to talk about that. But we need this Eagles offense to really ramp it up. And they've started to. They've started to. You've seen improvements every single week from Jalen Hurts. New England, he threw for 170 yards. Minnesota, he threw for 193 yards. Tampa Bay, 277. And then last week against the Washington Commanders, 319. So we've seen them on the right trajectory. They need to do it again this weekend because that Rams offense is going to put up points. And I think you're going to see a shootout here. And we'll talk about that in the next segment of what I think this Eagles defense needs to do to kind of prevent that from happening. But this is a game we need this offense. We need this offense to not only put up yards, but put up touchdowns in the red zone. That is going to be a big deal. But, guys, we are going to take a quick three-minute break. When we come back, I want to jump to the other side of the football and break down this Eagles defense and that Los Angeles Rams offense. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. I appreciate all you guys here engaging in the chat. I see you all. Keep it going. Like, share, subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed to the Jacob Sports Network. We have a great schedule of shows now. Takes you all day long with Farzi in the morning, Birds 365 with Jody Mack and John McMullen. Then you got your boy for an hour from 10 to 11 here on the Philly Sports Power Hour. Followed up by Rob Ellis and Derek Gunn on Sports Take. And then the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Also, make sure on game days, me, Mark Farzetta, Seth Joyner, Derek Gunn, Kayla Santiago, Mike Missinelli, we're down at the Ocean Casino. We do a pregame show, halftime show, and a postgame show right here on the Jacob Sports Network. So be sure to tune in for that. I know you guys love Seth. I love Seth. I love hearing his take on things, everything Philadelphia Eagles. So Seth Joyner's on the pregame and postgame show as well. So make sure you're subscribed to the Jacob Sports Network. But we just talked about JM talking about the USS New Jersey. That is right. So last Sunday, normally we do our pre-post and halftime shows down at Ocean. But last Sunday, Mike Rubin, the Kardashians, about 100 celebrities rented out the gallery at the Ocean Casino where we normally do our show. So we had a pivot, and we did it on the Battleship New Jersey, which was a really, really cool experience. We had the backdrop of the city of Philadelphia. You get a great view of Philadelphia from there. And we were on the Battleship New Jersey, the most decorated battleship in United States Navy history, which was pretty damn cool to be on there with all the history. And the coolest thing was going to the bathroom. And the bathroom was the, the bathrooms on that ship look exactly like they did when that ship was still in service. So it was pretty cool uh, in those bathrooms, which is funny. But let's jump in. We just got done talking about the Philadelphia Eagles offense and how I feel that this Eagles offense does have the advantage over this Rams defense. And obviously in the running game, this Eagles offense is going to have the advantage every game in the running game. I don't care who they're playing. They're just that damn good. But I also think they're going to be able to throw the ball this week on that Rams defense. And then we talked about red zone and third down. But let's flip over to the Philadelphia Eagles defense going against this Los Angeles Rams offense. 
And I hate to admit it, but you got to give the advantage to the Los Angeles Rams offense. Very well coached. Sean McVay, Mike LaFleur comes over as offensive coordinator this year. They run a lot of motion, a lot of misdirection, and they are just offensive minds on that side of the football. And you know they've been watching film on this Eagles defense, and this Eagles defense has struggled to start the season. A lot of it is because of injuries. A lot of it is because of new personnel. But you're, you're going to have a tough matchup this week going up against Sean McVay, Mike LaFleur, and quarterback Matt Stafford. Stafford was hurt last year. A lot of people started to forget about him. He's a very good quarterback in this league. I know he's 35 years old, but he's playing very well to start the season. Number two in the NFL in passing yards, Matthew Stafford. And he's done that without his all-pro wide receiver, Cooper Cup, who had a full practice yesterday, who may be coming back to this already very good passing offense. Matthew Stafford, the one positive for this Eagles defense is he does throw a lot of interceptions so far this season, number two in the NFL in interceptions. But we saw last week, you got to take advantage of opportunities. Terrell Edmonds dropped a clear interception in the end zone. And we're going to get into this red zone defense and third down defense because it's left a lot to be desired through four games. But you'll just look at this passing offense for this Rams team. They're averaging 289 yards a game, number two in the NFL. They're averaging over 390 yards per game total, which puts them top five in the NFL at number four. So they are putting up a lot of yards. Now, one thing we can get right out of the way, they're not going to run the football on this Eagles defense. They are not going to be able to run the football on this Eagles defense. Not only is this Rams offense only averaging 104 yards per game, which puts them 18th in the NFL, they're only averaging 3.7 yards per carry, which puts them at number 23. And they're going up against the number two rush defense in the NFL, 63 yards per game, only giving up 3.3 yards a carry. Now, who are they missing this week, most likely? Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox, I don't know if it's been officially announced yet that he's been out, but Derek Gunn right here on the Jacob Sports Network said yesterday, what he's hearing is Fletcher Cox is out for this game. And I know everybody, oh, it's not a big loss. We have Jalen Carter. We have Jordan Davis. We have Milton Williams. Fletcher Cox is playing extremely well to start this season. Extremely well to start this season. And not only is Fletcher Cox playing well, he is playing a ton. He played through four weeks of the season, 70% of the defensive snaps. 70% Fletcher Cox is on the field for that defense. And then you look at what Jalen Carter, Milton Williams, and Jordan Davis had done, as well as they played. Jalen Carter, 48% of the snaps. Milton Williams, 41% of the snaps. And Jordan Davis, 39% of the snaps. So these guys are going to have to really step up this week and play a lot of football against a really good 
Rams offense. And there's another defensive tackle who's probably out this week, and that's Marlon Tupolodu out of USC. So these guys are going to play a lot of reps on Sunday. And yesterday, JM was here. We were talking about whether or not Mauro Ojomo would be eligible to play. From what I've found out is he is eligible to play. I don't believe he is on IR. So you may see Mauro Ojomo get some opportunity this week. So big test for that interior of our defensive line. But I don't think this Rams team is even going to try to run the football. I don't think they're going to try to run the football. And JM, no worries, man. We're all wrong every once in a while, brother. But I don't think they're going to try to run the football. What they are good at is throwing the ball. And why wouldn't you, if you are an opposing offense, try to throw the football on this Eagles defense? Through four games, Eagles are 27th in the NFL in passing yards against. They're giving up 261 yards a game. And it would have been even worse if they didn't have that good game against Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield only threw 146 yards against this defense. Everybody else has had a day. Look at Mac Jones, 316 yards in week one. You know what he's averaged in the other three games? 194. Kirk Cousins, 364 yards against the Philadelphia Eagles in week two. In his other three games, 283. Not too bad. Sam Howe, 290 yards against the Eagles. And I didn't factor in what he did last night, but in his other three games, 224 yards. So these quarterbacks are having days against our Eagles secondary. And we've talked about it. It's not all scheme. A lot of it is personnel. They've had injuries. Zach McPherson going down in the preseason was a big loss, especially with Avante Maddox getting hurt again. Should have been anticipated that Avante Maddox wasn't going to make it through the season. He's only done it one time. I think he's played more than 12 games once in his career. And it's sad because he's so good when he's out there. He's just not out there. So the question is, how do they stop this, this Los Angeles Rams passing game? Because they've done, they've done well. They've done well to start the season. Now, if you want to look at one positive before we get into the personnel for this secondary, you want to look at the one positive. The Rams offense has done this against four defenses who are not in the top 10 in the NFL for passing yards against. Even the, Ram, excuse me, even the 49ers. And where's our 49ers fan in the chat waiting to pounce all over us here? Still can't wait for that game. But although the 49ers have the number five defense in the NFL, they're number 17 against the pass. So this Rams offense, they've been good. They've been good throwing the football. But they have not played a defense that is very good at defending the ball. Either of the Eagles. But you look at, they played the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are 30th in the league against the pass. San Francisco 49ers, 17th in the league against the pass. The worst game this Rams offense had throwing the football was against the Cincinnati Bengals, who were 14th in the league. And they brought some pressure in that game, which I'd like to see decide do on Sunday. And then they played the Indianapolis Colts, number 28th in the league 
against the pass. So that is the one positive when you look at these stats for that Rams offense is, oh, okay, well, maybe they're skewed a little bit because they haven't played great pass defenses. Well, the problem is the Eagles don't have a great pass defense. And the Rams have done all of this without Cooper Cup, primarily because rookie Puka Nakua has gone off to start the season. 39 catches, 501 yards. 2-2 Atwell, their other receiver, not too bad. 22 catches, 270, basically what Devontae Smith has done. They still have Van Jefferson on that team. Tyler Higby, not a bad tight end option. He's got 16 catches for 196 yards to start the season. So this Philadelphia Eagles passing defense is going to have their hands full. And what has not been reported yet is new corner Bradley Roby going to dress for this game. He just got here. Probably doesn't even know his teammates yet. But is he going to be ready to play on Sunday? And we should probably find that out today, I would think. Because they got to get on a flight tomorrow to head to L.A. Or maybe they're flying out today. I think they may actually be flying out today. So it'll be interesting to see if Bradley Roby is on that flight. And we talked about it yesterday, guys. If you weren't here, Bradley Roby, 31 years old, played 126 games in his career. Played for Houston, played for Denver. Last year played for the New Orleans Saints. Has won a Super Bowl in his career. Won Super Bowl 50 with the Denver Broncos. But didn't have a bad year statistically last year. But if you look at pro football focus, which I kind of like pro football focus. I know some people don't think it's the Bible, but they do do a good job of rating these players. You look at his career, it was the worst graded year of Bradley Roby's career last year, on according to pro football focus. But I still think he is a better option than what this Philadelphia Eagles defense has been doing. I talked about it yesterday. I do not want James Bradbury in the slot. You are wasting James Bradbury in the slot. He is an all-pro corner outside. Get him back to his all-pro position. What do you guys think in the chat? You want Bradbury in the slot? Because we know what happens when you move Bradbury into the slot. Josh Job is your starting outside corner. And maybe Josh Job will grow into becoming a good corner. But right now, he's not the answer. He is not the answer at outside corner. And that is the nice move by Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles to bring in Bradley Roby because he has experience at both. 306 snaps in the slot last year, 264 snaps outside. But I want Bradbury outside. And Daz, I agree with you. Daz says Bradbury needs to be outside. That's what we are paying him for. I agree. JM, I am not concerned about the wide receivers. It's the tight end and our linebackers. JM, I don't disagree that we should be concerned about the tight ends because the Philadelphia Eagles are one of the worst teams in the NFL at guarding the tight end position. But going into a game against the Los Angeles Rams, if Cooper Cup plays and what Puka Nakua has done his first four games in the NFL, we got to be a little worried about the wide receivers too. You can't ignore these wide receivers, especially – with way, the way our secondary has played to start the season. But looks like a lot of you guys agree with me putting Bradbury outside. Although Anthony Kramer just weighs in, or excuse me, Wine Niners Wine weighs in, Bradbury in the slot 
and Job on outside is better than Bradbury outside and crap as nickel. It depends on who our nickel's going to be, and that's why I want to see them dress Bradley Roby. Let's see what we have in Bradley Roby because the trade deadline's a few weeks away, and if this team, which I think they do, has aspirations of going to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl, our secondary needs to be a little bit better. We would have been fine if Zach McPherson didn't get hurt and Avante Maddox didn't get hurt. I think things would have been okay back there. But the way this team stands right now, unless Bradley Roby comes in and is an absolute stud, I think Howie Roseman's got to make a move. I think he's got to make a move. And we're just talking about the cornerback position. You look at that safety position, that's another big area of concern I have for this team. Not Reed Blankenship. Reed Blankenship may be the most underrated safety in the NFL right now outside of Philadelphia. I think in Philadelphia, we all know and can see how good Reed Blankenship is at that safety position. But the NFL is going to learn real quick how good Reed Blankenship is if he keeps playing the way he's been playing. So I'm okay at that one safety position. It's that other safety position that really gives me concern. Terrell Edmonds, so far this season's played close to 70% of the snaps at that safety position. And I don't have a lot of confidence in him either. So Scott Chair's asking, is Sidney Brown playing? I hope so. I hope so. And we'll find out more today. He did practice yesterday. And Justin Evans as well looks like he may get the green light this week with his neck injury because I think either one of those guys, Justin Evans or Sidney Brown, is a better option than Terrell Edmonds at that safety position. But what I'd really like to see the Philadelphia Eagles do is get Sidney Brown on the field in nickel and dime situations. So even if you're not going to start Sidney Brown at safety, which I'm still hopeful he's going to grow into that position, but even if you're not going to start him at safety, get him on the field in your nickel and dime packages. Let's see what we have in Sidney Brown playing close to the line of scrimmage in the slot, getting his hands and being physical with these wide receivers. And Keely Ringo, I see the question from Kawan about what about Keely Ringo. They obviously don't trust him yet. They have not given him reps on the defensive side of the ball. Zero snaps against the Washington Commanders for Keely Ringo. Same thing with Eli Ricks. Zero snaps for Eli Ricks. And they clearly have zero confidence in Mario Goodrich. And I'm not sure how much longer Mario Goodrich is even going to be on this team when you look at the roster and things they need to do to make room for the addition of Bradley Roby. You may see Mario Goodrich get cut within the next few days. And I see Dan Kill Kelly Green Burrito saying Edmonds is a good big nickel. Interesting. Try him in the slot a little bit. I'd rather see them go with Sidney Brown. I'd rather see what we have in Bradley Roby. But either way, other, other than maybe one or two of you in the chat, it seems like everybody is saying, hey, get Bradbury back outside. Regardless if you put Justin Evans at safety or Sidney Brown at safety or even if Bradley Roby plays in the corner, this game on Sunday needs to be won by the way this team was built to win games, and that is along the defensive line. I know Fletcher Cox isn't playing this week, and that's going to be a big loss. But we need not only our interior 
of that defensive line to have a big game, creating interior pressure on Matt Stafford. But this is the game where we need our edge rushers to get after Matt Stafford and make a difference for this defense. It hasn't happened yet. Most of the pressure on the quarterback has come from our big four in the middle there, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. This game has to be won on the edge from our Asan Reddicks, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham. I see you saying Nolan Smith. We will see. But we need our edge rushers to create pressure and get sacks on Matt Stafford this week. Our secondary isn't good enough to hold up without pressure. And I know this Philadelphia Eagles team, number one in the NFL in quarterback hurries. Surprising. Because I think when you're watching the games, it doesn't pass the eye test that they're getting that much pressure on the quarterback. But they are number one in quarterback hurries. But they're 18th in the league with only 11 sacks. This is the game. If the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game, it's because our edge rushers are going to get after Matt Stafford. They're going to cause interceptions by creating pressure and make him make bad decisions. He's already thrown the second most interceptions in the NFL. Make him make bad decisions, and it's got to come from our edges. But one of the major issues... We talked about it on the offensive side of the ball. Our Philadelphia Eagles offense needs to be better in the red zone. Well, let's go to this Philadelphia Eagles defense in the red zone. They have been horrible in the red zone. And that is not an exaggeration. They have been absolutely horrible in the red zone. They are 28th in the NFL, allowing teams to score touchdowns 73% of the time in the red zone. 73%. This Rams offense has been pretty good in the red zone. Top 10 in the NFL, 61.5% of the time. That needs to change this week. This Philadelphia Eagles offense cannot let this Rams team score touchdowns every time they get in the red zone. And you look at that Washington Commanders game last week. Coming into the game, the Washington Commanders were 24th in the NFL in red zone offense, 24th. Philadelphia Eagles defense let them go four of five for 80% in the red zone last week. That is not going to cut it in the NFL as a Super Bowl contender when you're going up against some of these better teams. So I want to see that red zone defense really get better, get off the field, force field goals. And another big area, we just talked about this for the offense, and the same thing applies to the defense, third down. Third down efficiency, getting off the field as a defense on third down. Way too many times they're letting teams get first downs. They are 25th in the NFL on third down efficiency at 46%. Again, the Washington Commanders coming into that game were 31st in the NFL, converting only 26% of the time. The Eagles let them convert 47% on third down. You're not going to win football games if you don't get off the field on third down, if you don't hold teams to field goals in the red zone. And the same thing for our offense needs to convert in the red zone on Sunday. Those are my keys to the game. 
And JM just took the words out of my mouth. Penalties. 11 penalties against the Washington Commanders. You have to be more disciplined than that, especially on third down on defense, especially on third and long on defense. So those are things I want to see this Philadelphia Eagles team do. But I think the Rams are going to put up a lot of points. I think the Rams are going to put up a lot of points. And I think this game needs to be won. Yes, our defense needs to put pressure on Stafford. They need to force a turnover or two in this game. But even with that said, I think this Rams offense puts up points. And it's going to be up to our Eagles offense. And we talked about it in the first segment on why I think they will be able to do this to put up more points. This is a game where our offense has to win this football game. And I would not be opposed to them trying to run the football and win the time of possession battle. When you're going up against a team like this Rams offense who can really throw the football, who's got weapons like Cooper Cup if he plays, and Puka Nakua, and a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, there's no problem in winning the time of possession battle here. Run the football. Chew up the clock. Keep the ball out of their hands. Keep our defense on the sidelines and put up points. But what I'm predicting, and I want your guys' prediction in the chat, is I am predicting, I think this is going to be the biggest win of the year for the Eagles from a toughness perspective, because I don't think it's going to be easy going cross-country and winning our fifth game in five games. But I got the Eagles winning this game 31-27. Philadelphia Eagles offense has been averaging 29.5 points per game. I think that continues this week, 31 points for that Eagles offense, and I got the Rams putting up 27. If you guys are betters, I may stay away from it. With a four-point line, I got it right on the money, 31-27. But we will see. And I see some of your predictions. I see a Twiz, 35-31. JM, 31-17. M. Reyes, 35-14. 32-22 from K1. So, all of us have them putting up 30 points, and I think that's the play. And M. Reyes, 70 to 20 Eagles. I love it. I love it. We see you, Miami. We see you. But, guys, before we end the show, like I always do, just give you a little bit of today in history in professional sports. On October 6, 1927, New York Yankee slugger Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run, and that record stood for 30 four years. So 1927 on October 6th, Babe Ruth, 60th home run, first one in 34 years. Guys, I appreciate every one of you. Make sure you're hitting that like, that subscribe, that share button. Check out the Jacob Sports pregame, halftime, and postgame show. You'll get me, Seth, D-Gun, Mark Farzetta, Kayla Santiago, and Mike Missanelli. Let's hope we have a big win tomorrow from our fighting fills and an even bigger win on Sunday from our Philadelphia Eagles. Appreciate you guys. I'll see you next week.